1: and welcome to episode 174 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I'm wondering, as you're on your food peace journey, what it's like to talk to other people who have not really moved away from diets or who talk about their body in a really disparaging, hurtful way, or talk about other bodies in a disparaging or hurtful way. I know for me, it feels really, ugh, it feels, um, I feel angry, I feel sad for that person, and sometimes I don't know what to do about it. Even though I've been working on this for a really long time, I find myself really, not knowing how often to speak up, how to speak up. And I have a letter from someone who's really wondering the same thing. This is someone who has been recovering from an eating disorder, is training to become a therapist, and doesn't really know what to do when diet talk comes up. And I'm wondering for you, listener, do you relate? You know, do you have a go to kind of thing that you say or always say, or do you just ignore it, or what do you do? And are you wondering if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? I hope by listening to this episode, it gives you some compassion in that struggle. I know talking about it with our guest, Kara Harpstreet, really helped me to have more compassion for myself. And at the same time, helped make me feel. A lot more powerful in the times than I do. So I hope it does the same for you as well. So before we get to this episode's letter and hear from our guest, Kara Harpstreet, I want to let you know about a new project I'm working on. It's called the After the Letters Project. This is a weekly podcast episode that I'm releasing over on Patreon. A lot of you have come forward and said you want to support the Love Food podcast, that you want to help the show grow and continue. And maybe you already left a rating, a review, you subscribed, you shared episodes, but what else can you do? Well, I have decided to no longer pursue sponsors or ads for the show because we know how hard it is to find companies that are not aligned with diet culture. And, you know, it really wasn't worth it, in my opinion. So, in order to support the show, what I have done is I've created another, podcast episode weekly, these are mini deep dives into food peace concepts that I think will just fuel your journey even more. There are other ways besides the After the Letters projects, which is becoming quite a tongue twister, but there are many different ways over on Patreon that you can support the show. So check out all the details at patreon.com slash love food podcast. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from our expert, Harp Street. Dear Food. We've had a complicated relationship for as long as I can remember. I have always felt guilty when eating you and blamed you for my oversized body. My guilt and shame turned into a full-fledged eating disorder, which I was entrenched in for years. I was diagnosed with anorexia in 2015 after years of restricting, over-exercising, and hating myself. I finally agreed to get help from professionals, which meant having to eat a lot of you food. I was forced to eat what I consider my bad foods or off-limit foods and refrain from exercise. It took years to restore my weight and countless appointments with my dietitian, doctor, and therapist. It was and still is the hardest battle I have ever had to fight. Here I am now in 2019 and still have a difficult time with you. I still overthink you and I worry that you will always have control over my life. But I have also come a long way in understanding our relationship and the distorted thoughts I've had about you. I have recently felt a strong desire to fight against diet culture. You see, food, I'm about to enter the field of professional counseling, and my hope is to help people understand you better and become less fearful of you. I want people to enjoy you and honor the body they live in without being on a diet. I want that for myself and for others. Though, as empowered as I feel, I am stuck. I have a hard time listening to people talk about you, diets, and weight, it makes me cringe and I don't know how to address you in conversations in a respectful and knowledgeable manner. Unfortunately, the conversation of you and weight occur far too often. I usually just ignore what I am hearing and don't get involved because I'm scared of how others will react when I tell them I am on your side and that you are not the real problem. What do I say to them? How do I enter a conversation about you, body image, and scales when I'm against the norm? How do we, as food peace soldiers, push back on diet culture on a daily basis? How do we respond to our family and friends when they sit and talk about you and restricting you? How do we help people understand that diets are so harmful to our bodies and that we deserve so much more? How do we help people see that food peace is possible and it does not include restriction or being on a diet? I want so badly to tell the world that everything they have heard and learned about diets and you is a big lie. I want to help people find body acceptance and break free of the shame and guilt they feel around you. But I don't know
0: how. Help. Yours truly. Stuck and fed up. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app.
1: Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. It means a lot to me for you to bring this to me. And I am going to do my best to sort through what you brought, brought forward in your note. And also selfishly, I am really excited for you to be a therapist. You know, you have done so much work to help your own relationship with food that when people are talking about food and weight in session with you, It's going to be really loud when you notice diet culture is calling the shots or an eating disorder is being kind of tucked in there, trying to be unseen. You're going to know. And I also want to help you prevent burnout. I want to help you navigate recovery as a helping professional. And we're in luck. I'm going to give a call to a colleague. Her name is Kara Harbstreet, and she's someone that is a health at every size dietitian. And she has a lot of insight into these conversations. So let's go ahead and give her a call.
2: Hello, Julie. Hey, Kara. So nice to talk to you. Yes, I was excited to get your call today. Oh,
1: thank you. Well, I'm excited to dive into this letter. Did you get a chance to to look over it?
2: I did. Yeah. It sounds like this person has a lot of thoughts going on and and I'm looking forward to having some good conversation around that.
1: Yes. And you know, selfishly, I feel like I say this a lot, but whenever a therapist in training or a dietitian in training or someone who works in that kind of field is talking about their own work with food, it makes me really happy because I know it's going to help
2: their future clients a lot. So I'm excited to to really explore this letter. I agree. I found that, yeah, opening up about that personal history can be so helpful. And of Mm -hmm. course, there's a time and a place. But doing that work is so challenging. But also, like you said, so, so important. There's so so much great, great stuff that can come out of that. Yeah.
1: So when you were reading the letter, what was your general impression about what this person's experiencing?
2: Yeah, I first want to commend this person for just all of the hard work that they've already put into this healing process. You know, at this point, they've gone back years and kind of take them that hard look in the mirror to recognize that where they were at wasn't serving them or their health and have put in some, some really hard work to get to this place where they are now present day. And I think it's, one of those things where we often feel like we're alone in this struggle, or we kind of think, you know, we've already worked so hard to start healing. You know, why is it that we still feel so challenged around food? And so just offering a little bit of compassion first to let them know that no, like, you know, you're not alone. Those thoughts can still come up and oftentimes do. But I think one of the main things that I really honed in on was this challenge that they're feeling around conversations with other people. And on the one hand, it's so exciting to finally get to that point where you feel empowered enough to bring it up in conversation or tackle this topic with people in your network. But on the other hand, it's a really scary thing, right? Like I think back to some of the conversations that I've had. That have really challenged me. And it's almost like the words kind of get caught in your throat. And you you don't want to stumble, you don't want to say the wrong thing, but at the same time, you feel like you're doing a disservice to yourself and this non-diet movement if you don't speak up. And so I can certainly relate to this spot that she's in. And like I said, that was the part of the letter that stood out to me the most.
1: Yeah, you know, when you said the words like trapped in your throat or caught in your throat I can totally relate to that and um still I mean I've been doing this work for 20 years but it's still there's times where maybe it's like a certain person or a close family member or someone in power or just I'm having a really really hard day and I don't have that much bandwidth but it's it can feel like the words are just trapped in there and we do we want to like really spread the love of like hey you don't need to be distracted by diet culture like we can't wait to see what else you can do if you're not like tied down by
2: diets, right? Right, exactly. I think a lot about that power dynamic that you mentioned too, because even in relationships or Um, other types of partnerships. I mean, there's always some semblance of a power hierarchy, right? Like it could be in a medical setting. It could be with an older family member. It could be a friend that you have a long history with. And the way that those power dynamics shift can really impact your ability to speak up on a topic that, you know, is obviously so near and dear to your heart, but it might be something that this other person is hearing for the first time ever. And you just can't predict how they're going to react sometimes. And that always makes us feel a little uncomfortable, you know, best case scenario, it goes well and it opens up a really good dialogue. But then we also think worst case scenario, you know, what if this changes how this person perceives me? What if it impacts the medical care that I receive? You know, there's lots of different nuance around these conversations. Yeah. So I have so much compassion for this person then thinking about it in that regard,
1: because, you know, there's going to be times where like this person may be frustrated because, wow, they're doing all this work. They're feeling really empowered. But then why am I still getting stuck, you know, bringing it up to my doctor? Well, of course, the doctor is in control of a lot of things. So if you speak up and it doesn't go well, then, you know, you may miss out on like comprehensive health care, which is a pretty big deal. (laughs) So like, no wonder it's hard. So, yeah, definitely lots of compassion for you, letter writer and anybody who can relate. And as I said before, I'm like, I can relate to this letter writer's struggle. And I think for all of us doing this work, that's something that we have to like figure out the nuance of like when and how and where and, and then, you know, compassion when it just doesn't go the way that you were hoping. But, you know, for this, this letter writer, what would you recommend Kara as like the first few steps to kind of either like move forward or resolve or just some tips for this kind of experience?
2: Yeah. So I did some thinking around this and this is such a timely topic because I've been doing a lot of reading lately about trauma healing. And there's some really interesting intersections with other types of trauma and the trauma that we have experienced through diet culture. And I think for us to recognize that dieting in and of itself can be a traumatic experience is one of the first steps to just understanding why it is that we feel so uncomfortable when these challenging conversations come up. And some of what I was you know, thinking about in, in terms of this and our letter writer that we're referring to today is just knowing when and where we feel safe enough to really share our voice and share our story. I think this is really overlapping with boundaries and kind of viewing that as an act of self-care and, and putting those really clear boundaries around your time and your energy. And I think this is that overlap because you know, if we don't feel like we're in a in a place where our voice is valid or we feel safe enough to share, then we have to recognize that this is where those boundaries are in place to really protect us and keep us in this state of, um, you know, where we need to be to maintain that healed place that we've finally gotten to. Mm,
1: so good. So important. Like it, it, there's, it's not an all or nothing kind of thing. You know, there's a space where it's going to feel safe and there's spaces that it, it's not and it's not anyone it's not your fault you know right. that you want
2: to protect your bandwidth and your boundaries and your safety and all that yeah we have this really great gift of intuition and, you know, ironically, intuitive eating is named that for that very reason. But this intuition is that reaction that our bodies give us, you know, when we have those words that get caught in our throat or our hands get a little clammy or we start sweating and our heart starts racing, you know, that's our body's reaction to that recognition that we might not be in such a safe place. And I think the the more that we connect to our bodies and just allow space for those reactions to happen, you know, we can do that in a really non-judgment. Mental way and say, you know, hey, my body is trying to tell me something. What do I need to clue into? Or what might I be missing in this situation? And then from there, you know, we can kind of determine for ourselves on a case by case basis if this person is not only open to hearing what we have to share about, you know, what we feel towards food and how our viewpoints have shifted versus a place where they're not, you know, that's a time when we might say, at this point, it's not the top priority. It's better for me to focus on myself and what I need. And it's not worth it for me to spill my energy or, you know, give out this information that this other person isn't receptive to right now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, as I was listening to what you're saying, I'm like, wow, you know, doing intuitive eating work, you know, even that word intuition, how it can inform so much more than just the food that we're eating, how it can inform us to like, hey, my body's telling me something right now. And let me like connect with that and let it inform me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's wonderful and so beautiful. And um, I remember when I first started learning about trauma and how like our body holds on to the trauma and that's sometimes when we're activated, that's what it's connecting to. And so it's really important information. And I find, I don't know if you do, Kara, but I find so many people that I work with, they feel like ashamed when they like connect with that activated kind of space of like, oh, I'm feeling like I just don't know what to do. And um, I really hope people can have compassion for like, yeah, the, dieting is a trauma to our body. And it's that's a big deal. Like, that's not something we could just snap our fingers and get over, you know? That's mm-hmm. something is, um, especially living in a world that that's a part of the norm. And if you're in a body that's not being told it's valued, you know, that's um, that's constantly getting re-traumatized. So this is really... Um, great insight. And I, um, before we move on to the next part, were there any other kind of tips or just that is, are those the tips that you were hoping to share?
2: Yeah. I mean, those are the biggest things that I would offer to our letter writer. I just think, you know, going back to that, you know, recognition that it is okay to not always get it right. You know, inevitably we may say something that just, doesn't sound quite right. These words are really hard to get them to roll off your tongue. And I would just encourage, you know, patience and practice because the more times you hear it internally, the more you believe this message. And then, you know, from there you can start to speak with a lot more conviction. And again, just keeping those boundaries in mind, I think um, recognizing when it is a safe place to share can really inform future conversations. It just gives us a chance to practice and understand what people may or may not respond to in in different ways. And that can be helpful going forward as well. For sure. And, you know, something
1: I have found is, um, you know, the more invested I am in weight inclusive care and, mo- <clears throat> excuse me, I'm moving away from diet culture. I still find that the first, like, I don't know, half dozen times that I talk about this work with someone like an individual, the reaction is still like a rejection of it. And so it's like really planting seeds. And so over time, the conversation can turn as people kind of sit with it. And so this is like a totally, um, I know people look at me like, I think the world is flat, you know, (laughs) like, so Mm -hmm. it's something that takes a (laughs) while to kind of like, just sit in there and let it marinate. And I find that, you know, six months or a year may go by. And, and I think people connect, they just start to see what we're talking about and how that may actually be helpful in their life too. So letter writer, I hope you don't give up. And I hope you can like, just like Kara was saying, like provide the the space and the boundaries when you need it because when you are speaking up it is like it's helping us all rally together and I know there's power for sure in the rallying but um I have something on the love food podcast called a food peace syllabus and if you're new to the show it's a list of resources that we've been putting together over the last few years that help your food peace journey and Kara I'm wondering if you want to add anything to it
2: I would love to. And I so appreciate you offering this resource and opening it up to other people who are doing this work. I'm so thankful to be included. Um, Over the summer, I authored an intuitive eating workbook that's called Healthy Eating for Life. And it's structured around the principles of intuitive eating, but also includes a lot of what I believe are are helpful practices with different meditations and mindfulness exercises. And so it's a, a really personal journey and something that I would offer to anybody who's curious on trying to tackle some of this work on their own. Of course, it's always nice when you can work with a certified intuitive eating counselor or someone else who has experience in this approach. But The reality is that sometimes that's just not conducive to our schedules or our budget. And so I created this as an alternative for that. And I kind of describe it as, you know, when you're dripping out these ideas and you're kind of warming up to this non-diet approach, it's like a leaky faucet. You're just kind of getting small drips here and there. But then there comes a point where you're ready and you're like, okay, now I just want to like drink from this fire hose. And you turn the faucet all the way on. And that's sort of what this book can be like if you're ready to take that on yourself. So there are six chapters and each one kind of focuses on a different aspect. But I encourage anyone who's interested to hang on to it and then go back to it again and again. Because what I found for myself is that each time I repeat one of these meditations or thought exercises, I end up with totally different answers. And each time it's almost like I'm learning something brand new. Oh, that's so
1: cool. What a great resource. If, if you are a listener that does not have uh, the food Peace syllabus, you can get to it at juliedillonrd.com. And I will be sure to add it that to it. It sounds like a great workbook. Kara, I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And if people are wanting to know more about your work, how can they find you?
2: Sure. I would love to connect with anyone. I spend a lot of time online. And so social media is generally the best place to track me down. I'm pretty active on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm street smart RD for each of those. And then I also maintain a Facebook page under street smart nutrition, which is also the name of my website and blog.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: Yes. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So there you have it. Thank you so much, letter Writer, for your note. And I hope the conversation that I had with Kara will help fuel your journey. And, you know, we're rallying with you. We really want to amplify the message while you're also taking care of your bandwidth, your energy levels, your boundaries, what you need need to stay safe. Thank you to Kara Street for your insight and wisdom. You can find out more about her work at streetsmartnutrition.com. So I see that food is written back, but before we get to food's message, check out the After the Letters Project, a new weekly podcast episode that I'm releasing on Patreon. You can get to all the details at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could leave a rating, review, subscribe, or share an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. And I am eternally grateful for all you do to help more people find access to food peace. All right, so until next time, take care. Dear Stuck and Fed Up, you have come so far on your food peace journey. You are truly a warrior while making this world a better and safer place for all bodies. We appreciate most people in your life are unaware of the violence from diet culture or the trauma from body hate. When you hear disparaging diet or body talk, pause. Consider the information from your body's innate wisdom. With kind boundaries and when able, practice challenging diet culture. You may not see an immediate food piece traveler, yet indeed will implant a seed. It's hard work and good work. No matter how they end up relating to food, spreading the message will fuel your journey home. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food podcast. Do you want access to more Food Peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.